What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll actually be diving back into the mailbag. But before we do that, we have uh, uh, Hoops Hype came out with their list of top 25 centers in the NBA. We'll talk about where Nikola Vucevic ranks on that list and break down the list overall. We're going to get into that and the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, not a lot going on in Bulls news, as most of you guys know, but there's always content to be made. Now, one thing, before we get into this ranking from Hoops Hype, I've been breaking down all their lists over the summer, over the top 25 players at each position. We didn't do the power forwards because... Bulls had no power forwards ranked on the top 25. So that's why we have we uh we we didn't uh do that list. But with that being said, before we get into that, I do want to mention this. Like a lot's been made about Goran Dragic and what his role is going to be. And he's been balling. As Lavinia did lose to Germany uh the other day, but Goran Dragic has been balling out. And it really hasn't changed my mindset or my thinking on what Goran's role is going to be on this team if this team is fully healthy. And we actually have a voicemail, which we'll get into that a little bit as well. Um, but let me know down below, have you guys gotten a chance to watch any of this FIBA tournament? Have you gotten to see uh, Goran Dragic and him ball out? If you haven't, go to FIBA.basketball, FIBA I think is the, the website. Google it. Um, you can watch every single game. It's been fun to watch. And I've caught up on a lot of the games just having something to watch. Uh, and so... Go and check that out. Goran has been balling, though. Now, while the European game and NBA game is slightly different, I think there's less space between them than what has ever been at any point in time. Um, so it's just interesting to see Goran still doing the things off the dribble that he can do, shooting the ball very well. Defense is still not the thing for him, but even his passing and what that could mean for his role on the team. But let's go ahead and move on. Let's get into this hoop hype list. They, they rank the top uh, 25 centers in the NBA. And Nikola Vucevic, the starting center for the Chicago Bulls, came in at number 14. So uh, we'll talk about that and where he ranked, but I do want to break down the people that are listed before him. Clearly, number one, Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP. He's going to come in at number one. Joe Allen beats uh, there at second behind him. Then we have Bam out of bio at number three. Um, Rudy uh, Gobert at number four. Uh, DeAndre Ayton at number five. Jared Allen. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis at number seven. Robert Williams at number eight. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas at number nine for New Orleans, uh, Miles Turner at number 10, and then we have Clint Capella, Jakob Porto, Al Horford, and then we get to Nikola Vucevic. Now, these lists are all kind of subjective if you look at kind of the way that they rank them, but I do think that Nikola Vucevic can rank anywhere between 15 to 10, and in most cases, just depending on how it was, he didn't help himself much last season, even though his averages, as I've said, puts him in the top 10 in every statistical category, but that 17 and 11 that he put up, um, but it looks like he has a negative point swing, which is a big part of contention with him on this list. He had a negative 3.7 uh, as far as a negative impact player last season. So, you know, that that matters. Um, but but looking at where he's ranked around, and I, and I think this is interesting for a couple of different reasons. Because if you look at uh, even who comes in after him, Yusuf Nurkic is right after him with, with Portland, uh, followed by Brooke Lopez at number 16. So if you look at that 16, 15, 14, and 13, which is, Vooch, Al Horford, Nurkic, and uh, and and uh, and uh, Brook Lopez, all there within each other. When we look at the possible contract extension talks between Nikola Vucevic and the Chicago Bulls, those are kind of the players that you want to look around, right? Now, Al Horford's deal is a little bit different. He's on the back end of a deal that he signed years ago, so his is a little bit inflated between that. But so as we go into the summer and look at the contract extension that Nikola Vucevic could sign if he does reach one with the Chicago Bulls, which was rumored earlier in the summer. 
I do think he's going to be around the contracts that we see of these type of players that are around him. I think Vooch is probably going to get between nine and ten million dollars a season on the extension. That's that's depending on how long the contract is. They may even start at a little bit lower, or they may start at higher, pay him a little bit more up front, and have that that contract decline. But the way that whatever it happens, the length that it, it seems at all, that's all going to be uh, be determined. But I'm not upset with Nikola Vucevic's ranking. I think that he can be ranked higher, um, but it's up to him to play better. It's up to him to fit in his role better. And even they go to mention a full offseason together, hopefully a full season of him and Patrick Williams playing next to each other and how that changes the outlook of the team. But I think that ranking's pretty fair. Let me know down below, what do you think about Nikola Vucevic's ranking at number 14 in the top 25 centers in the NBA? Interesting that Bobby Portis is number 17 as well. Uh, they even got Steven Adams on here. Mitchell Robinson's number 19. Uh, Zubak is number 20. Kevin Love is number 21, which is a weird ranking for him. Uh, Looney's number 22, who didn't play. Uh, 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 Segan with Houston is number 23. You got Isaiah Hartenstein at, at number 24. And then you got Rashard Holmes at four Sacramento at number 25. It's, it's an interesting list. It's some, some that back end of the list, I do think, you know, I, I, I think there are some people that deserve to be ranked there before. We'll probably break that down actually on Locked on Bulls on tomorrow's episode. So be on the lookout for that. But let's go ahead now and get jump into the voicemail. We got we got a couple of voicemails. Um, and again, the voicemail back has been so full that especially while there's not a lot of Chicago Bulls news, we're gonna keep diving into it as long as we have good voicemails. So keep getting those in. You may not have to wait till Saturday's mailbag episode to hear your voicemail played. We're gonna play this first one. This one's from Marcus. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's your boy Marcus. So I wanted to I wanted to leave a voicemail, basically just just talking about what I think the Bulls. Uh, how they're going to improve and the culture that they're building with how they're building their players and developing their players. So basically, if you think about it, like all of the successful teams, like the teams that's like at the top of the East and the West, just in the league in general, most of their players, they built them from, they're starting to build them organically, meaning like they drafted them, they developed them, and they allowed them to uh, develop into a better, you know, a better, better product for the team. Teams like the Bucks, uh, teams like the Warriors, teams like um, the Nuggets, like those teams that's at the top of the league. Uh, how they was, how they've been able to develop their players. So bring me bringing this up. I like what the Bulls is doing when it comes to drafting these players and allowing them to develop and just allowing them to come in and not rushing them right away, not trying to throw them in and make them be like this automatic all-star, but they're allowing them to come in and uh, play their role. And that's really that's really what I think fans should think about when it comes to uh, Kobe White. I believe Kobe White has taken a lot of pressure from fans, not only fans, but just the media and just this high expectation that he has to be uh, this number one option, like all-star level player. Now, I don't think that's the case. I think that he's still 22. He's not even 23 yet. And he's in his, I believe, his third or fourth season. I'm not sure which one. I believe it's his fourth season. But he's going into the last season of his contract, and he needs to – come in and play his role. But I believe that with the acquisition of Valen Terry and the other guards that we have, 
in this lineup, I believe that it put a fire on old under Kobe White. The, the uh, new we don't get we're not getting a lot of news when it comes to him what he's been doing this summer, but I believe that he's looking at players like Dalen Terry, looking at players like Ayoto Sumo, looking at players like Patrick Williams, who he's basically in competition with when it comes to minutes, coming in, doing what he has to do. And just playing that role, I believe that him being the, the fourth or fifth option when it comes to the point guard, it's really going to light a fire under him. And he knows this is contract year, and he knows that he has to ball out. All right, so Marcus says, you know, talking about the Bulls building the culture, that's, that's yes, absolutely. That's one of the things that I've been saying here. I know that that's not the most, it's not the most tangible thing for fans that want to see the Bulls win. Even, even you know, my, my counterpart Jamal over on Bulls Central, who I love, and he has a great platform, but, you know, he, he mentioned on his most recent video that the Bulls trading draft picks and trading for Vooch meant that they're, they're, they're trying to win now. And I, I do agree with that in the sense they are trying to put a competitive team out now, but they also realize that their championship window is as long as they continue to build a culture. So there's a little bit of a disagreement. They're like, yes, the, the Bulls are building the culture. When you look at high character guys that they're bringing in, people who can play many different positions, when you look at Io being able to play both guard positions, when you look at Dalen Terry, who Dalen Terry projects to be anywhere from the one to the three, and even AK says he wants to see Dalen Terry play some small ball four. Then you got Patrick Williams. You already know Patrick Williams, the three or the four there. So as they, Marco Simonovic can play the four or the five. Again, we got to see him actually do it in the NBA. Uh, Just, Justin Lewis, the fact that they went after him, a versatile player as well. Yes, this front office values high character, hard workers who also um, can come in and, and be versatile on the court. They are trying to build a coach here. They are trying to build something special here. And, and in building that, it does take a while. I know that sucks for some fans, right? I am of the mind that whatever ends up us and us winning a, a title, then then so be it. I, like we live in a microwave society and I say this a lot. It's 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 like with music, with movies, with film, with TV, with everything. Everybody wants it right then. Everybody wants these quick turnarounds. They want something tangible that they can taste and point to and say, look at what we did right away. But but in sports, it's not always like that. Yeah, you have some teams that that find that path very early on. But when you look at it, most teams that compete for a very long time is because they built core. They drafted well. That's one of the things that are, is the biggest issue with Gar Packs in their last almost decade of running this team is that they didn't really draft with a goal in mind. It was just like, oh, let's take a flyer on this player. Oh, this player. Let's, and it was all built on, bet on. The fact of if this player turns into the op the optimal version of what we want, and they didn't really draft with the method methodology behind it, and a lot of their draft picks just didn't work out. That, that goes into it too, because even if you don't draft with like this master plan in mind and how every player is going to fit together like Legos, at least if you hit on those draft picks, you have talent, then you, you can go either and move or you can build around. They didn't really do either one of those things in the draft for a long time when it came to guard packs. We got the story still being written on that when it comes to AK and Eversley and what they what their draft methodology is actually going to turn into for this team in reality. But yes, they are trying to build a culture here. Building that culture takes a while. Building like it's going to it's not going to be this instant thing that some Bulls fans want that want us to go from AK taking over the team to championship in three years. It's not going to be that. It's not. I would love for it to be, but more than likely, it's not going to be that unless. We get lucky, right? And we and we do trade for a disgruntled superstar that just wants to come here and instantly makes this team a title contender. Or if one of these players do take a huge leap and all of a sudden that windows opens up a little bit more or, you know, free agents, something like that. There's a lot of ways that it can get there, but there aren't necessarily realistic ways. The one that you can control 
is continue to build out the roster, continuing to draft very well. Now, there are some things to be said about what the Bulls are going to do in free agency. And this past free agency put a sour taste in a lot of Bulls fans about understandably. But I think sometimes they forget the free agency before that the Bulls were cooking. They, they, the front office did their thing. The, 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 the paying the luxury tax is going to be one of the biggest things that really show what this ownership is going to allow this front office to do. And because of that, let's get into this next point that he made is Kobe White's future on this team. Let's be clear here. Kobe White has still a ton of potential. And I've said this before too. Kobe White's averages as a bench player are solid, but we need to see them be more consistent game to game, right? And I said it last season. One of the first videos that I had on this channel that popped off and grew big last offseason was me saying that the Chicago Bulls would be crazy to trade Kobe White that season. Now, as we look to it, Kobe White didn't have the best season. He had a solid season. He improved. His efficiency improved greatly. His usage rates dropped while his efficiency went up. That's huge. And that's not something to overlook. There aren't a lot of, lot of players that their, their, their usage rates takes it. Kobe White's usage rate has dropped down every season he's been in the, in the NBA and his efficiency has gone up. What does that tell me? That tells me that a bench role is probably more suited to him. He's not going to be that 20 point per game score that we maybe thought and hoped he would be when he's drafted. And that's fine, but he still can be very efficient in his role. Now, also his defensive rating has gotten worse every season with that. But with that being said, how does this team work out long-term? And this is the thing that I want to present with this, is that even if Kobe White does play very well in this upcoming season, he still presents the Bulls with an interesting situation to do at that guard position. And shout out to JDH, who, JDH fam, uh, who, who talked about, you know, I had made a comment like, hey, if, if Kobe does make a leap, and if Io does make a leap, there may, it may be some conversation that needs to happen with Caruso. And he pushed back on that, and that's fine. I understand that. But just looking at the breakdown with this, at the guard position, Zach Levine, $37 million. Lonzo Ball, $20 million. Alex Caruso, $9 million. Io DeSumo, who's up for a contract extension at the end of the summer, is probably going to get anywhere between $8 to $10 million a year. That with just those four players is $82 million in, in, in cap. Now, if they do extend a qualifying offer to Kobe White, which I think is a qualifying offer is at like $10 million, that's $92 million with five players all playing at the guard position. And most of those players outside of Zach Levine are versatile enough to play both positions. That's not even counting Goran Dragic. That's not even counting Dalen Terry, who we, he may he may end up playing a lot of guard too. I think he's going to end up being a three, but that's not counting Javante Green, who can play some guard as well, who's listed as a guard. So when you get into, and you're getting towards almost $100 million potentially with two more extensions at, at just the guard position, when we know we have holes to fill, down with big men, right? Even though we got Andre Drummond in here and we'll wait to see what Andre Drummond's impact is, but we still would like a better forward to come off the bench, right? Derrick Jones Jr. could still be that and hopefully we see it this season. Marco Simonovic, if he does come along, maybe fix that without having to put heavy money into that. But when you have almost, when you have potentially with two extensions coming up, something has to give. And unfortunately, right? This is not to say that Kobe's trash. I'm not in that camp at all. Kobe's not. Now, if he goes to a team that is going to let him cook and just let him go through his things, a team that's not necessarily built on winning, Kobe's probably still going to develop into a very solid player. But when you look at potentially having almost $100 million tied up in just guards, things start to change there. Now, yes, Caruso can guard threes as well. Lonzo can guard some threes, but still, they're still guards. When you get to that situation and you're a team that also the ownership may not allow you to pay the luxury tax, guess what? Something's going to give in that guard position that may be Kobe White, who's probably the more likely candidate. I doubt it's going to be Io DeSumo. 
if Kobe does, let's say Kobe does have this immaculate season where he has a PER of 18 and he's averaging 16 or 17 points off the bench and giving us consistency every single night, it presents a little bit of a question there for the Chicago Bulls team. So when you look at like a lot of the trade market and trade talks around Kobe, it's just because looking at the numbers, right? There's not a lot of teams that's paying $100 million in one position unless they have younger players there at other positions that maybe they're rookie, they're still in their rookie deals. But with this team, we don't know. We'll see. It remains to be seen. All right, let's go ahead and move on. We got another one. This one is from T-Money. Hey, Hayes. Check it out. I'm T-Money. I'm a long-time follower, listener. And uh, I just got this to say. What do you think about Javante Green being our sixth man off the bench? Here's my case for it. He's played one through four for our team. So, and he was a starter also. So wouldn't he be the perfect guy to fit in when somebody gets in foul trouble or having a bad game? I can see it. He already fits in with the starters. He's been there. So, I don't know. Tell me what you think. All right, T-Money brings up Javante Green maybe being the sixth man. Listen, I love Javante Green, bro. Like, I, and I don't know if that you mean winning the sixth man of the year. or what, You didn't really give me something tangible just saying him playing the sixth man role. Um, Javante is a versatile player. We've seen last year he can play the four. We know he can play the two. He can play the three. Um, and I've said this before when it comes to Javante, like finding out a role for Javante Green is going to be huge for this team because it's a player that gave you every bit of heart and soul that you wanted to see. He is a Chicago Bull player. He's the type of player that Chicago loves, that we love in this city. And so because of that, Yes, I do want to see Javante get a lot of minutes and have a role on this team. But when, when you start looking at it boiling down, right, you know Io, you know Caruso is going to get their minutes. You know uh, Andre Drummond's going to get his minutes. Um, Derek Jones Jr., we'll see, right? He kind of fell out of the rotation. Are they still going to play Javante Green as the backup four? Like, it's, I, I do see a world in which, especially not knowing what how Dalen Terry is going to be ready to, to give his first season, that we still see Javante get minutes, splitting that between the three, the backup three and the backup four. We still see him get about 18 to 19 minutes per game. And I think he's going to play huge in that. It may, it's going to be hard for Javante to ever win a six man of the year award because he doesn't give the type of stats that wins that award, right? He's more of the player that gets all the in-between things done, all the dirty things done. Um, his scoring isn't huge. It's not, it, uh, he needs to shoot the ball a little bit better. He talked about that this offseason. But I just don't know when the with the versatility that a Caruso and Io uh, give and that the scoring that a Kobe White potentially gives, the upside of a Dalen Terry. Um, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I, I hope that it, I hope that Javante isn't the odd man out. and He doesn't fall down the rotation because I want to see him. And we know what he can provide on this team with the energy, the athleticism, the getting out in transition, the defense. Um, and he's more he's not the necessarily lockdown defender, but Javante is the disruptive type defender. That causes havoc for other teams. So, yeah, I think he's going to have a role. I don't know if I'm ready to say six man because I think fully healthy team is going to go to Io or Caruso before him. But it remains to be seen. Thank you for sending that in, T-Money. Let's get into the last voicemail for today. This one is from Mr. Homeboy. Hey, what's going on, man? It's Mr. Homeboy here, man. Uh, so, with the Bulls, it, I feel like for them to get better, they definitely need – if they're going to trade Kobe White, they need to get somebody who's – around the same frame as Patrick Williams. People like Jonathan Isaac, like I mentioned before, or Obi Toppin, if that could possibly happen, or Harrison Barnes, I'm not sure how realistic that is, but somebody who can pretty much around the same frame as Patrick Williams or bigger so they can at least, if they wanted to, 
running both at the Power 400 Center and won't miss out on too much size because both of them are very athletic. And really, hopefully somebody who have like a defensive upside and kind of have offensive offensive game kind of built into there. And let's say if they don't go after something like that, I honestly think that like the whole Patrick Williams taking a step up, I think that's okay. But I really think for the, the Bulls to take the next level is Lonzo being more of a scoring guard. Because with him being a scoring guard, it opened up everything else on the floor. Now Vucevic is getting more shots. Patrick Williams is getting more shots because Lonzo is being aggressive. And if he's pretty much a threat to get to the basket and score, that opens up everything. Just like when DeMar has the ball or Zach has the ball, things open up because they're a scoring threat. Tell me what you think about it, man. All right. He goes on to say that, you know, if the Bulls trade Kobe White, they need to get somebody similar in frame to Patrick Williams. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I would say that they need to, it's more of a skill set than a frame thing. I think that they want to get somebody in that backup power forward role who can stretch the floor, who can shoot the ball some, who can rebound. And I do agree with the point that you made there, who can play the four or the five. I think that would be huge for the Chicago Bulls. If they can get somebody who can play the four or the five for this team to kind of back that up um, or the three, four, you know, I think that that, that could be huge for this team. And, and it may be, right? They they do need a scoring punch. We do need scoring punch off the bench. Like I said, unless Caruso comes back to form with his shooting, Io could take a leap offensively to show more of that offensive skill set. And then maybe that kind of offsets what the Bulls do need as far as offensively from a backup for if they were to trade Kobe White for a big man. Um, I also think that at this point, if they do trade Kobe White, I think it's going to be to get the, be the best asset available. I don't necessarily think it's going to be just for a specific position because as we've seen with Billy Donovan and this team, hell, AK even said he wanted to see Dalen Terry play the four. So if that's the case, almost anybody. Like, they, they open themselves up to the door and being very versatile on the type of player that they can fill in that position. But we'll see what happens with this. I still think that there is a world in which Kobe White does not get traded this season. I don't think that that's a foregone conclusion like many Bulls fans do think. Um, but it remains to be seen. Now, for the second part of this, Lonzo being more of a scarred, uh, scoring guard to open up more shots for other players. I disagree with that as well. I don't think he needs to be more of a scoring guard. I think he does need to run the half-court offense a little bit more. And I think he, ha I definitely think Lonzo has the ability to do so. I think Lonzo absolutely has the ability to be a half-court running the offense type point guard. And I understand why we don't do that. Because DeMar DeRozan isn't a three-point shooter. He's not a threat to really extend the floor very often. So because of that... They kind of have to run the ball with Lonzo's shooting ability as well. But the thing that always gives a little glimmer of just scratching the surface of what type of score that Lonzo can be, I go back to the the, the stretch that we didn't have Zach Levine. I think either or, or DeMar, when they both were out with COVID or one was out with COVID, where Lonzo averaged 18, 8, and 6. And we won, I think, every one of those games. Lonzo has so much more potential than I think what we've seen on this team and what some Bulls fans realize. And I'm not even a ball family stand. I'm not even somebody who, like, is this – uh, holds the ball brothers in like this this super godlike re regard but i respect basketball and lonzo ball has so much more than what we use and that's been one of the things i've been talking about this offseason is that billy donovan needs to find a way to really unlock lonzo ball a little bit more whether that's letting him cook when zach or demar go to the bench and letting him really truly run that offense in sets like that because yeah he does have that ability he has the ability to score the ball even better than what he did while i don't think he needs to necessarily score to open up things more because with his vision, his playmaking, um, his decision-making, like everything with that, his court vision, I think, did I say that or not? He has the ability to be a great half-court point guard. But we need to see that come along a little bit with him. And he also just needs to be on the floor and stay healthy as well. But that is it for me for today. Let me know what you guys think on every topic down below. Keep getting those voicemails in. You guys are the best part 
of Chicago Bulls Central. I say that every time, and I mean it because you are, especially during this lull in the offseason. You guys know if any news drops, I drop. That's how this uh, this show works. We drop when the news drops. Other than that, you get your daily episodes. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, BullsCentralPod.gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and or voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.